Hey, what's going on, SG Squared listener? Jason Banzoff here, producer for the Group Talk Network of Podcasts. We're going to be playing some former episodes to give you new content every single week. Some of these may be from the past couple of years, but they are still relevant today. You may hear something about COVID or some other things that may have gone at that time, so don't be worried. We did not go back in time. However, uh, these are going to be great episodes for you to listen to, so make sure you tune in to SG Squared every single week. Now on to the episode. Hello, and welcome to SG Squared. Steve Bladen, Global Small Groups Pastor at Saddleback Church, pulls from his 20-plus years of small group ministry experience to encourage and equip listeners to lead more effective small group ministry. Sit back, learn, and enjoy SG Squared with Steve Gladen. I thought we'd do something fun, and I'm going to ask you a series of three random questions that I want you to answer to the best of your ability. Are you up for this? Yeah, as long as we can edit after the show, but uh, it may be, may be raw. This is the great thing about having a recorded show, not being live. So yeah, go for it. And we'll see what happens. Okay. And just, just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. So number one, why do I feel like I'm with my therapist all of a sudden? You know, I don't <laughs> like this part. Because really, this is we really are trying to give you some secret therapy here. Okay. I need it. Okay. Number one. If you were going to be stranded on a desert island for a week and could only bring one meal to eat, what would it be and why? Uh, it would be sushi because I don't have to worry about cooking it. So, I mean, you know, raw fish is, <laughs> is always good to go. So, you know, I, th I thought you were going to go, what book am I going to take? I was going to say, oh, purpose-driven church, purpose-driven life. But, you know, now sushi, that's a simple answer. Yeah, I knew you would say that if I asked you the book question. Okay, and what, what kind of sushi roll? What's your favorite? Oh, oh my gosh. Anything with salmon on it, with uh, tuna, anything that's spicy. You know, I, I, I take it all, man. My, my latest craving, I, we found a place that does a, a sushi burrito, which sounds gross, and sounds real funky, but, uh, you know, you know, I can't wait to, who's ever down and around South, Southern California, I will take you there to have a sushi burrito. Okay. That's fine. Okay. Another question, uh, in a little different, uh, vein, if you hadn't sacrificed it all to serve the Lord in ministry, like what career or dream job might you have imagined or done? Yeah, I'm sure I'd be doing something in sales. Um, you know, it's either that or a, a college football coach, you know, uh, that, that would be the dream job, but I don't think I'm qualified to quite do that. But yeah, probably sales. I mean, I, I, I love, I love working with people. I love cold calling. I love warm calls. I love, uh, you know, hot leads, especially if I am sold on the product. If I'm sold on the product, you'll buy the product because that's what Jesus would want you to do, you know? It's the beautiful thing about being raised Catholic and in a military home. Got lots of persuasion and lots of boldness. <laughs> okay, I think you're the only person in the history of the world that I've that's ever admitted, especially on like a public recording, that you enjoy cold calling. I know it's a weird piece of me. Okay, let's go to number the next question. This is this is a fun one, and this is going to take us deep into the synapses of the Steve Gladen. Okay. What is one pet peeve you have that people might not know about? Wow. <laughs> I don't know how to answer this one because if my staff is listening to it, they'd probably go, just one? There might be like 60 <laughs> uh, that he has. 
what would be one pet peeve? I, I think one may be on um, maybe not cleaning up after yourself, you know, um, you know, if, you know, one of the things I drive me crazy with my kids is, well, you know, uh, they have no problem finding the the sink, but they uh, with all the dirty dishes. But somehow the the transition to the dishwasher just doesn't happen with them. So I, I guess it boils down to you know that a pet peeve is a lack of servant heartedness, just to take it the full mile. So basically, you're a clean freak. Okay, I get it. Yeah, That's you know, my wife uh, Lisa likes to say uh, two words. I, I prefer retentive. I don't prefer the first word. So. Okay, and I've got a bonus question for you, uh, being that we're having so much fun here. Okay, being that you are an Ohio State Buckeye fanatic fan, um, so what do you do? Just FYI, but keep going. What do you despise more? Your pet peeve of people basically being slobs or the Michigan Wolverines? Oh, my goodness. Uh, the team up north. Without a doubt. Well, there you go, folks. Now you you got to know Steve hopefully a little bit better. His favorite foods, pet peeves, and um, what do you what do you talk about Jesus and groups now and get the show going? Yes, let's get this show going. So, uh, Steve, what do you got for small group point people this month with our leadership learning? Yeah, I'm going to read you a phrase uh, in just a little bit, but. Part of what's centering around this this whole part of newness is uh, reimagining. And part of what this pandemic has forced us to do is reimagine and think through scalability as God is bringing in a new harvest. Uh, we talked a, a number of shows ago, just the correlation between uh, the late 60s uh, into 1970 in the in the United States, how there was almost a mere thing. We had the Hong Kong flu. We had um, so much was ha- happening with the election process, uh, the the riots that were happening, the uh, the assassinations. Uh, oh my goodness, we had three you know three assassinations in that decade that were were pivotal. Uh, and just mourning the nation. And then, but in the beauty of the chaoticness of the 60s, God was working through people to reimagine the church. And you had the Jesus movement came out. It was really a revival that broke through not only Protestant circles, but uh, into the Catholic circles too. And in the same way, Part of reimagining and thinking through is our leadership skill sets have always got to be looking towards what is the new wineskin. So often we love teaching about the new wineskins and all that, but all of a sudden there is a gravitational pull, and even at Saddleback, a gravitational pull to go back to the old when God is trying to loosen us up for what is in the new. Here's the phrase I want you to walk through, and I just want to talk to you just briefly about, um, you know, what we're, what we're doing at Saddleback in this leadership learning piece. But here's the phrase. What used to happen automatically when you were small has to happen intentionally as you get larger. Uh, pastor Tom Holliday, who's one of our teaching pastors, has been with Saddleback 30 years. I remember the first time he said that phrase. And if you think through the pandemic, it says, what used to happen automatically when you were small or think of when you were pre-COVID has to happen intentionally as you get larger or has to happen more intentionally as we're going into a post-COVID environment. And what you've got to be thinking through is not, 
you know, they call it uh, and not or. It's not, you know, do this or do that. Is that you need multiple prongs and multiple things that are going to help you be more intentional as you're building spiritual health in your small groups. And I want to challenge you, like for us, we, we have two guardrails. And part of what we, we were doing through the pandemic is when I look through the two guardrails and the five major components, we had to think through, rethink through and reimagine leader training. And what was that going to look like? And part of our answer was, we'll still keep it online. We'll still keep it in a classroom setting, but we're taking it into curriculum and into uh, into our apps so that we can, you know, train our leaders, but also train the groups better uh, and more simplified. We had to reimagine how we were doing our tools, uh, predominantly with our health assessment and our group assessment and how to re redevelop those and, and re-get those out there. We had to, you know, reimagine our video curriculum and broadening our horizons and making sure we had stuff. We had to reimagine how our community leaders functioned and how the village was uh, talked about and, and not so much depending just on community leaders uh, to be out there to interface with group hosts, but being able to say, what's the village that's there? Again, reimagining those pieces. And then with data, reimagining how we're collecting data and how it's gotta be, if it's not, if we're not able to connect it off the phone, then we've gotta you know, reimagine how we're doing that. So part of what I'm just gonna encourage you to do is, what used to happen automatically when you were pre-COVID has to happen intentionally as we go post-COVID. And so I want to challenge you to relook and reimagine, not throwing away the old, but just saying, what are the new ways that we can do it? People to digital training, digital pieces, uh, more uh, getting virtual uh, meetings are going to happen in many different ways. So I want you to keep thinking through that again. So your leadership learning, what used to happen automatically when you were pre-COVID needs to happen intentionally as you go post-COVID. Just a, a leadership learning that I hope you guys will uh, put your arms and your hands around. And when you're in your huddles across the network, ask that question. And what are you reimagining? If you're not reimagining anything, the world's going to go right by you. That is great insight from our leadership learning segment. Uh, hopefully we're taking notes on that. And on to the grand finale, the trending topic. And I really like, again, Steve, the, uh, the title you got going here of, of what we can learn from the five words that changed Amazon. Obviously, Amazon uh, in this day and age is, is epic. I mean, it's, I think it's all my wife buys from. There's packages arriving daily, and each time one shows up, I get a little scared because it's like, oh, my gosh, are we going to go broke here? Um, tell us about the trending topic, how you came up to with this. What's that? Yeah, no, it's too easy to buy at Amazon. So I was going to say, man, I, I think, you know, we're all, we're all corporates with, I mean, corporates, we're culprits with that as we go through. I don't want to get into Amazon, your feelings on Amazon. Does uh, Jeff Bezos make too much money? Is he not giving enough money? Uh, you know, there's so many different things you can have. But the, these five words are what this article is hung on to. And part of what you're going to see is uh, it's, his, it's his last shareholder letter 
to all the sh- it's the last letter to all the shareholders uh, that he did as he's he's going on to his next phase in life. But his five words were create more than you consume, create more than you consume. And I think there's some parallels that we can grab from this article that are really powerful. And I'm just going to line up seven of them really quick uh, as we're going through the show, because as we are trying to look towards the new, as we're trying to engage, as we're trying to reimagine, there are some principles and, and however you feel about Jeff Bezos and, and you know, who he is, what he is, and, and just regardless of all that, the man's brilliant and he's a vision caster and um, we can learn some things from it. And so uh, when you read the article, you can go back and you can look at these seven things. But let me go through them really quickly because I think they're very relevant for us. One of the first things he did in his shareholders letter was, is he revisited the past. And so often people forget what we've come from. And so it's very important for us to be able to look towards the past and say, hey, what did God teach us and what do we need to learn from it? But also it just gives us perspective of what, you know, God has done for us, you know, where we have come through. If you just look at the last 13 months or 14 months of the pandemic, you know, you can get pretty depressed pretty quick. I know I can when I look at reports and you can think, wow, you know, this is just terrible. But we've had lulls in our small group ministry in the 23 years I've been at Saddleback. But you know what? God has another harvest. There's always a winter season, but spring and summer and harvest are always coming right after it. So he revisited the past. Second thing that I thought was brilliant from him was he vision cast for the future. Now, from him, he's knowing the reality and how people are perceiving Amazon. But what he was able to do was knowing his reality, he was able to vision cast for where he was wanting the company to go. And part of what we got to do is understand, you got to understand wherever you're at around the world, there is a new reality. And if you don't recognize the new reality, you're being tone deaf and you're not understanding, you know, what your people are going through. So every one of us are at a different place. But in knowing your reality, you can script the vision casting very, very critically for where you're trying to go in your small group ministry. The third thing is, is you got to have a clear call. And that's where his five words were just brilliant. You know, create more than you consume. And pithy to the point, but, you know, begs to ask the question of, you know, you know, are we doing that? And then he goes into the, the, the fourth thing I think you can learn from it is he stated his case very well. Now, do I agree with it or not, not agree with it? That's immaterial. He took a crack at stating his case. And part of it, as you're, as you're reimagining, as you're re-engaging, can you state your case can you show why this is the important thing and what God has done in the past? Uh, as loving on the Facebook group, there was um, uh, someone was talking about uh, statistics about, you know, why groups are, are, are good or not. And there's some great statistical data that came up in the uh, Facebook group that I was taking screenshots of and, and understanding it's, it's you, you, your, your case has already been proven by so much statistical data that's been out there. And so, you know, state your case. Fifth thing he did was he showed he had skin in the game. 
Now, again, I don't know how you're going to feel about this or care about, but when he goes, hey, I'm going to throw $10 billion into the pot of my money to, to see this vision happen of what he was talking about, you know, a, a lot of you are just thinking, you know, well, he should have given 30 or whatever the, the magic number is. But my point is, is he showed that he had skin in the game. Whether you agree with how much skin he gave, you know, it may have been just, you know, a little piece of skin or whatever. I'm not going to get too graphic here. But the point is, show you got skin in the game. How much, you know, there are things that you'll disagree with, but there are things that you're willing to die for. And that's the difference between, you know, an, an argument and, you know, a passion that you have, you know, are you willing to die for it? And part of it, what you got to understand is showing that you have skin in the game. And, you know, even in my own small group, you know, learning from that reality and trying to help, you know, show that, hey, our, our, our group's got skin in the game or our small group pastors have skin in the game to make sure that's happening. The sixth thing he did was um, he, he brings it home really clearly and this is part of the uh the the part where he, he's got a logical mindset but you know he wraps this all up very clearly and succinctly about you know the exclamation point he's trying to do which leads straight to the seventh thing is you know he showed his passion in his heart uh for this company now my goodness i pray that we can have a deeper passion and deeper heart for, for what's ahead of us uh, in, in ministry. But as you're looking at your small group ministry, just keep going through and thinking through, okay, let me revisit the past because I can go back to when we had 258 small groups and, and being able to share, you know, where we are going from there to the, the, the too many thousands of groups that we have now. You got to be able to vision cast for the future. And that's why, you know, for us, one of the things that we're doing is we're, we're taking our small group pastors away on a retreat this summer. We're taking our community leaders on a retreat this fall. But again, we got to vision cast and help people see, you know, where, where we're off to. You got to have a clear call. What is your vision of what's the five words that are going to change your church? Show why that's so important of what you're trying to do. Then show how you're, you know, you're passionate and you're in on this because you can bring it home clearly and then you can, you know, give it with your passion and your heart and everything you have. You got to, I've said this time and time again, the small group point person at the churches that are listening, you own half the church. There's temple courts, there's house to house. If you don't learn and you don't understand what's happening around you, and you don't vision cast, and you don't push ahead, and you don't put your skin in the game, you know, the, who's going to do it? If you're not going to, let me flip it around. Who is going to do it? So take what the world makes billions of dollars off of, which I could care less about. But what we do care about is the eternity and the souls. Thank you for listening to Steve Gladen on Small Groups. If you like what you've heard, make sure you subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If you want to learn more, make sure you check out smallgroupnetwork.com for more resources.